real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you here on a Tuesday where, my goodness, we witnessed one of the most spectacular offensive displays ever in an NFL football game. Uh, Trent, look, it was a late night. I even stayed up and watched some late night uh, basketball from Maui as well. Mm-hmm. How are you holding up today, kid? Pretty good. It was a late night. I was okay. watching Gonzaga, Illinois, just like you were last yeah. night. And Jimmy B, uh, Trent Frazier put Illinois on his back for a while. Still uh, just not enough to overcome Gonzaga. That was a great basketball game. We'll see Illinois again later today in their matchup against Iowa State. But Monday night football, it, it was certainly worth the price of admission last night. What an environment. And starting right there, the the Coliseum was absolutely bouncing throughout. It was more than was anticipated. And it's so rare that you see this happen, Jim. It's so rare that a game lives up to the hype that is there. Normally, it turns out to be a clunker. It's happened so many times. Somebody brought up a game that I do remember. And it was kind of the last regular season game of the century, if you will, with Monday Night Football. I take you back to 1990. Where was Jimmy B in 1990? Let's start right there. Let's put you in the time machine, Brinson. Where were you hanging out back in 1990? Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You were working in Philly. All right. So you you tricked somebody into giving you a job. Good work out of you. I did. And you did. Yes. And you're out there working. Let's see if you remember this game. It was Joe Montana and the 49ers matched up against the New York Giants. Both teams came in with 10-1 and one records, and the game stunk. It was 10-7. Yes. I remember it vividly. It was huge hype, huge matchup. I remember the new, read the newspapers leading up to it. Ah, oh, this is going to control your destiny, destiny who gets home field in the NFC. And the game sucked. We didn't yeah. get that last night. This was incredible. This will be a game we'll remember for a long, long time. Now I'm with you 100%. And, look, I'm sitting at the refreshment stand, right? And people what? are yelling and screaming. Shocker. You know, a bunch of Kansas – yeah, shocker. bunch of Kansas City Chiefs fans. And there's this there's this guy sitting behind me, some old cantankerous guy with a beard. And after it was like 30 I, – I forget what it was in the third quarter, but, I mean, it was up there. And this guy's yelling – they don't play any defense. <laughs> this game's horrible. What's wrong with these teams? This is like watching the Big 12. And, and people are looking at them like they're not playing any defense. Look at the turnovers that have taken place. Interceptions, fumbles, interceptions for touchdowns. I, 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 people have to understand that who wants to see a 13-10 game when you can see 54 to 51 and there is defense played, it's just that the offenses are so damn good mm-hmm. and so interesting, Trent, to watch. And when they run the replays, because, you know, the, when you're watching on television, the cameras follow the ball, and, and rightfully so. But when they show the replays from different angles and they slow it down a little bit, then you really get a chance to see how the play really sets up. They showed a play in last night's game where two defenders got faked 
and they ran into each other. Two Ram defenders ran into each other because they were faked out of their shoes, and the play went the other way, and it resulted in a Kansas City Chiefs touchdown. I mean, you see, you don't see that just watching on, on TV. So the masterminds of what was going on from the head coaches to the two quarterbacks to the offensive execution for the most part was absolutely spectacular. That it was, Jim, and I don't know if we're going to see anything quite like that again. Uh, Offense continues to evolve. It continues to change. It is a different world that we live in, but this is the reality of today's NFL. This is what you're going to see. I think it's a good thing. I love offense, Jimmy B. I do, too. I do, too. I'm, I'm dialed in. You know, look, I, I, people say, well, you know, back in the day, defense won championships. Yes, yes, I know. We have all said that. Defense wins championships. Well, did the Rams play defense on that last drive of Kansas City? Yes, they did. Yeah. They did. They were all over Patrick Mahomes. They ran after him on every play. He got hit as he let that pass go, and then it's intercepted. So, yes, yes, there was defense being played. I I don't understand why people can't see that the greatness of the offense, it overshadows the defensive things that were taking place on the field because both teams scored like a video game. That's that's the misunderstanding that people have, Trent. Not a bad one to watch, Jimmy B. And uh, fast forward to February, we get that matchup again. That'd be pretty, pretty good. Oh, Saints are going to have something to say with that. And there's a few others. Still got the Steelers and Patriots, obviously, over on yep. the AFC side. Hey, what about Patrick Mahomes? He threw that late interception, had another one late, forcing the football I think we have to remember that this is still a young quarterback. There's still going to be mistakes, and maybe because of that, still have to be a little concerned, even all the greatness, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan come January. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, he, he does have a tendency to force, but this is really his first season as a starter. And I, I still like his his flair, his so-called gunslinger mentality. The dude threw six touchdowns, six touchdown passes in the game. So, yes, when you throw the ball that much, I always get a kick out of defensive coaches, or I'm sorry, uh, head coaches, when they say, well, when you pass it, three things happen and two of them are bad. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) Patrick Mahomes had a couple of bad things happen to him. But on the other hand, that is the makeup of their offense. And they're going to live and die like that? Hey, look, I can go back to the days when, um, oh, the San Diego Chargers. You'll remember this. It was called Air Coriel. Mm-hmm. When Dan Fouts, they used to throw it all over the yard. And everybody thought that, you know, they were absolutely crazy. I just, I just find it so exciting because now you get teams for the most part. And, look, I'll even put your bears in, in this. I mean, you got Mitchell Trubisky doing what he does, throwing on the run. The guy throws on the run extremely well. So what do they do? They roll him out of the pocket and get him away from some of those big pass rush. So, I mean, you, you get more excitement instead of just a snap, and the guy stands there like a statue and either gets hit or he passes it, and it's got 
it's caught, it's intercepted, or it's dropped. I, I, I just, I just got so much enjoyment out of the sheer athleticism from both teams last night. We'll get into this a lot more coming up. Ryan Van Bibber is going to be joining us today here in about 10 minutes from SB Nation. We'll get Ryan's thoughts on what he saw last night and look forward to the rest of uh, upcoming week. Quick turnaround, obviously, with Thanksgiving. Some news, Mitchell Trubisky. uh, I heard today that they said cautiously optimistic that he'll be able Mm -hmm, to play 11.30 start central time in that one. And if you're out and about Thanksgiving, we got you covered here on 1700 The Champ. We'll have the triple header of coverage with Westwood One's coverage. All right, Jim, from there, let's jump into what we saw last night on the hardwood. Iowa State had a 10-point lead. Things were looking great, and suddenly, here come the Wildcats. Arizona holds off for the victory against the Cyclones last night. Your takeaway, the Cyclones taking an L in Maui. Well, the best thing that I can tell you is, is I was very impressed with what I saw early in the game. And they got out then to the 10-point lead, and then they collapsed. And their shooting from the outside went right in the toilet. And you have a, a, a post player in Michael Jacobson. Uh, if he doesn't score, he's most likely going to get fouled and go to the line. And, Trent, they went away from him. Mm-hmm. And they they tried to you know match three-pointer for three-pointer, and it didn't work. And look, I, I get that Iowa State is missing their, their best player in Wigington, and they're missing Solomon Young and Cameron Lard. So those three guys. Zeron right Talley? Don't forget about Zeron uh, Talley. Okay, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yes, and Talley as well. But those three guys right there changed the entire way that Steve Prohm's team will play. So you you can't you can't sit here and start you know, if you're a Cyclone fan, and say, oh, God, we should have had that game. We should No, no, you got beat by a team that got hot in the second half, and you had no answer. You went cold. And so that, that happened, and you didn't pick up on the fact that you had a low block player who could take it to the basket against his man almost any time. And so they missed that opportunity to get that win. I mean, that's the way that, that I viewed it, and, and fans are just going to have to wait till A, you get your best player back, and then the other two guys have a chance to get, or other three guys have a chance to get back and work their way back into the lineup. Where were you on the game? You know, as they had the 10-point lead, I thought that was a difference in the game. Arizona hit a couple of threes, got right back in it, and then you saw a lot of quick shooting. You, you saw some hero ball out of Iowa yeah. State, and that's the frustration and Mariel Shayak is a great talent, there's no doubt. And that guy can fill it up in big ways, but there were times he quick shot it. I know he doesn't have Tony Bennett yelling at him anymore to don't shoot it until there's about two on the shot clock. A lot more yeah. freedom, and that freedom can lead to some of the things that we saw last night. Concerted effort, and especially in this matchup today with Illinois. Illinois is not big inside. Trent Frazier was great last night in the second half of the game against Gonzaga. That's going to be a fun matchup. Him and Wyler Babb. I'm really looking forward to see that this afternoon. But Shayok trying to do a little bit too much, and you saw that with all the guys. And that's something where when you have this new mix of players, that's going to be a concerning element, I think, going forward, mixing these guys in. And when they're coming back off injury and off suspension, when they get those guys back, you know how they work together. That is going to be, I think, a key factor mm-hmm. for Prohm. The talent's certainly there. This is a talented, talented 
basketball yes. team, and it's going to be more talented the more we see. You know, at this point, Tyrese Halliburton for a good team shouldn't be playing forty minutes a game. He's done that two of the three last game, two uh, two of the last three last games. You can't have Halliburton out there forty minutes a game, and when they get guys back, that won't be the case. But that was the take takeaway for me. Too much hero ball for my liking last night. I'm with you on that as well. And we'll see what happens now when they get matched up against Illinois. We'll see if that sort of carries over or, if indeed, if they do find that low-block player in Michael Jacobson. We'll get a timeout when we come back on the other side. More on Monday Night Football. What a game it was. We'll get into it with Ryan Van Bibber from SB Nation. A look around there. A look at the Thanksgiving slate. Sunday Night Football. The Vikings and the Packers. An elimination game. We'll talk about that next here on Jimmy B and TC, 1700 The Champ. Champ with The Drive. Every weekday afternoon, Wolfgang and Trent Condon have you covered for The Drive Home. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With athletic recovery programs to outpatient orthopedic therapy, Angela Spencer PT of Champions Recovery Room will get you feeling your best. Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy, 3030 100 Street in Urbandale and online at championsrecoveryroom.com. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. A garage door is the largest moving part in your entire house. So it's important to keep it working smoothly, especially as winter approaches. At Advanced Door Systems, we service all garage door brands, even if you do not purchase the door from us. Visit our website, ads-doors.com. That's ads-doors.com to learn more about us and the garage door and opener services we offer. Advanced Door Systems. The right door, the right way. If you've ever visited Salisbury House and Garden, 
Gardens, you know that its architecture, fine arts collection, and beautiful grounds make it a truly one-of-a-kind historic house. We're lucky to have such a unique cultural experience right here in Des Moines, but like many other historic house museums across the country, Salisbury House depends on the generosity of community members like you to keep our doors open. You can help preserve and interpret the past, celebrate the present, and ensure a sustainable future for Salisbury House Foundation by contributing to our Season of Giving campaign going on now. Visit salisburyhouse.org to donate. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515 515- 225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Back with you as we continue. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. Well, we touched on it earlier and the Monday night football game we saw last night. It'll be an all-timer. You know, as we welcome in Ryan Van Bibber from SB Nation talking NFL. You know, I always I like to make the joke when we see a crap game, and, well, that's not going to be one that you're going to be bouncing your grandkids on here to be talking about. That one was. I I have a feeling I'll be telling my grandkids someday, God willing, about that Monday night football game. What a night of football, Ryan. Yeah, that was the most exciting game I've seen since the Super Bowl, you know, the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl. And then I think, obviously, that one was a great game, too, not to discount it. But, you know, part of the excitement from that one was just the fact that it was a Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, that was half – shootout half NBA game if you like defense there's a little defense involved there was a little bit of defense involved in that one and it just I mean it was just a lot of fun two of the best young quarterbacks in the game two of the brightest coaches in the game I mean well you know <laughs> if you have a complaint about that game there's just no hope for you you know I, I saw something earlier today I think it was at the big lead just talking about how both these teams played well defensively. I mean, you you mentioned that because these offenses are so high-powered, they're so dynamic, and there was a couple of curmudgeons out there. This isn't the football that (laughs) that I grew up with. This isn't real football. But the reality is this is football as we know it here in 2018 and going forward. For those old people, for, for the people that have that mindset, what would you tell them, Ryan? Well, I mean, you just kind of have to adapt. I mean, these are the teams. You're going to see all these teams again in January. Now, are they going to be able to, you know, I think there are some legitimate questions people have today is like, well, is this enough defense to win in January where games tighten up a little bit? I mean, I think that's a, you know, a test we'll see. But you look at the top teams in the league right now. They're all teams that score 30, 40 points a game at will. I mean, there's just no, there's no turning back. And this is the way the NFL wants it. So, 
you know, if that's the kind of football you want, maybe, you know, maybe the SEC East is for you. <laughs> yeah, old school football, <laughs> Big East football. Really? Yeah, something from yeah. the old days. Yeah, some ugliness. Take it away, Jim. All right. You know, it's it's funny, Ryan, because uh, I'm, I'm sitting at the refreshment stand, and the place is just going nuts watching, watching that atmosphere, which was absolutely sensational. And then the game was so far off the charts, it overhyped what the hype was already on that game. In recent memory, can you remember anything that even came close to that game? Any anything at all? Like in the last ten, fifteen years? I'm nothing at the top of my mind. No, I mean it was just I, it, it was incredible. I mean, you know, there's a few. I mentioned last year's Super Bowl, and I think you know, to some of the recent Super Bowls that have been close games, just for the back and forth. But I mean, I you know mm-hmm. decided on the last drive kind of excitement, but. You know, not the kind of thing we saw last night, no. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of funny how much you think about, you know, some of the Brady-Peyton-Manning matchups were so hyped up during the regular season, and they never, you know, just never, not to take anything away from those guys, obviously, but, you know, they just never quite lived up to the billing. It would always be some other 1, 1 p.m. game on a Sunday that would kind of, you know, pop on your radar that week. But uh, this, is, you just, this is nothing like we've ever seen. I mean, I don't think that's hyperbole to say that at all. Ryan, one question that I did pose, and I guess a concern from the Kansas City Chiefs angle, was the turnovers out of Patrick Mahomes. And yes, it's difficult to to uh, kind of nitpick a guy that threw six touchdown passes in the game, <laughs> but he turned it over a couple of times late, had the fumble early on. I mean, he said afterwards he basically gave them 21 points. I, I think just because of, of the levels that Patrick Mahomes has gone, we forget this is still a young quarterback concerning going forward with this Chiefs team and a playoff game against the Pittsburgh and New England that he's still prone to make some some boneheaded decisions with the football. Yeah, I, you know, I would say that. I mean, he's young. This is only this is his first full season as a starter in the NFL. There's obviously going to be bumps along the way, but you know, I, none of those interceptions he threw yesterday were really egregious interceptions. I, you know, this wasn't a Nathan Peterman kind of day for him this was you know the rams did with their defensive line and their linebackers what you kind of expect to see in the nfl for defenses now that's it's pressure the quarterback it's it's get sacks and gets get turnovers and you know aaron donald's kind of made uh quite a reputation for himself in that department i mean there's no shame in throwing you know three interceptions when aaron donald's breathing down your neck every play and the chief's offensive line wasn't 100 percent either i mean they're sort of you know they're working backups in at the in the middle spots right now, and that's always you're always going to lose a little bit when you don't have your regular starters in there. So, you know, and there's only so much you can do to block Aaron Donald. You can double team him, and he goes around the other way, <laughs> or you know, you could double team him. Maybe it, maybe it'll work once in a while, but he still finds a way to get in there enough to disrupt your passing game. And that's you know that's what we saw last night. And they'll have to kind of you know. They may not see Aaron Donald again until February, but you know there'll there'll be other defensive linemen that they'll have to account for along the way when they do get into, you know, those key January games like that. Ryan Van Bibbers, our guest. We're talking NFL. In your estimation, are the three and, and these guys are head coaches as well, but the three best offensive coordinators right now, Sean Payton, uh, that guy for the Rams, and that guy who coaches the Kansas City Chiefs. Are those the three best in your estimation right now in the NFL? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, 
you always want to see uh, you want to give over credit them because like you know you still got to win a Super Bowl, and I think you know you've. You've seen that, you know, obviously the Patriots have an offensive mind in Josh McDaniels. I know he's not a head coach, he's an offensive coordinator, but, you know, considering the weapons that they don't have, they don't have the kind of weapons on offense like any of those three teams do. I mean, I still think they're up there in, in terms of how they improvise and adapt to the to what they do have available to them. And, and uh, you know, but that's the cream of the crop in the NFL right now, and that's, that's the way we're headed. And, and I'm not saying this. Just because we're talking to Trent here too, but I, you know, I think Matt Nagy's on the cusp of that too. What you've seen in Chicago and the turnaround there has been really positive. Well, speaking of that, let's transition away from Monday Night Football and let's go to those Bears. Quick turnaround after the victory against the Vikings, mm-hmm. banged up Trubisky, and the NFL did them no favors, flexing them into the Sunday Night game and then saying, <laughs> "Oh, by the way, uh, come back and play 11:30 a.m. Central Time against Detroit on Thanksgiving." Yeah, that's kind of a brutal turnaround for them. But, I mean, I, the last report I saw was that they were optimistic that Trubisky would be able to play. Now, will he be able to play at 100%? That's, I think, is the next question, you know, you want to you wanna ask of that. But, I mean, you know, this is a weird Lions team. I mean, they're not especially great. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they have as good a shot as, as they would, you know, in most weeks against the team. Obviously, the short week is a little bit of a concern, and, and those – you know, I don't care what the NFL says, those short week games, Thursday games, Thanksgiving or Thursday night, in whatever week, always tend to be a little bit bumpy because those teams are on short weeks. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's Thanksgiving football. It's, uh, you know, it's outside of the food. It's the best part of the day. <laughs> um, do you have a game that you have to figure it's must-watch? Or I know I know in our business we will watch all three because we are paid to watch all three. But is, is there a must-watch game for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that the Falcons the Falcons Saints games are always really good. They just, you know, it's one of those few natural rivalries in the NFL. Uh-huh. And I think you know you those rivalries in the league that we grew up with kind of come and go in today's NFL the way the game goes. But I think that that's one of those lasting ones, and there's a lot of. You know, you talk to Atlanta people, you talk to New Orleans people, you know, there's some legitimate geographic <laughs> dislike for with for each other there. So those games always turn out to be pretty good. And like, I know the Falcons have been underwhelming, but, you know, they're another one of those offenses that is capable of scoring 40 points a game. And, and, and Dan Quinn does it for whatever criticisms there may be. Dan Quinn does a really good job of getting his guys up for those kind of games. Ryan Van Bibber joining us as we take a look around the National Football League. Thanksgiving games, and you can hear all three of them, the triple header right here on 1700, the champions here, out and about, driving around on Thanksgiving, making it from grandma's over to uh, mom's. You can get over there, get some good turkey, and listen to football on your drive. Ryan, uh, you mentioned the Thanksgiving games, the tradition that is there, Detroit in the opening game, followed by the Dallas, and now we have this night game, and that continues to, to go through. Would you like to see any changes? I, I know this was a bigger conversation before the Lions at least became adequate as an organization here over the last few <laughs> years. But would you like to see more of a rotation? Would you like to see more teams involved? Or does the NFL have this Thanksgiving tradition right? I mean, you know, it, it is. You do wish that this was, you know, these were teams that were, um, you know, a little bit more consistent from season to season that are regularly hosting the games. I mean, I, you know, I like it. It's always, you know, they do at least tend to schedule division rivalries for those games now so you know even if the lions or the cowboys are 
are down and out a little bit, you at least get sort of an important division game to watch. And, you know, usually that can lift, lift, a, <clears throat> lift up the quality of play just a little bit uh, if, if, if everything else is down a little bit. But, yeah, it would be nice to see some more flexibility in that. It's hard because it's a Thursday game, just, you know, and like I said earlier, that short week thing really is difficult for teams anyway. So, uh, you know, but maybe there's a way that they could schedule buys or they could – you know, uh, the way they schedule buys for international games, for instance, you know, maybe they could do something like that. Ryan, when you sit back and assess what the NFL has right now, from the worst teams like Arizona, San Francisco, Buffalo, to the best teams like what we saw last night, plus the New Orleans Saints, is there... Do you see a disparaging amount of really, really good teams and then really, really bad teams where the NFL has been pretty much striving to make most teams relatively equal? Or is is it still like that? Am I not seeing it correctly? No, I mean, I think that's a really accurate assessment because you do have, you know, you mentioned a few teams that are sort of in that rebuilding stage and hopefully – you know, ideally, the, the the NFL system is engineered so that you can turn around a team fairly quickly. I mean, you know, the Bears are a good example of that. I mean, you know, they draft a good young quarterback, and, and you know, lo and behold, uh, they've gone from, you know, a forgettable season last year to, you know, a division leader now. So it's a, you know, ideally you want to see that. I mean, there are still teams where you don't. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Jets remain the Jets and the Browns remain the Browns, and hopefully maybe they get that right a little bit. And I think that's where, you know, the league's got to push on their owners a little bit too. And there's not, you know, there's not a ton of accountability for owners, and it's an easy, it's a great economic model for parity, but it's also a great economic model to just kind of sit back and and draw that fat paycheck from your team and without ever having the pressure to be actually good. So, you know, there's a little bit of a catch-22 built into the model that way. But, you know, as you get more of the court, I mean, I, you know, the, the teams you all mentioned in that upper echelon, you know, what do they have in common? They have good coaches and they have great quarterbacks. And that's, you know, there's just not 32 great coaches and 32 great quarterbacks to go around year to year. So, you know, those other teams are going to have to find ways to compensate for not being able to have a Pat Mahomes, you know, in the lineup like that. So we'll see. Devastating injury over the weekend to Alex Smith. The eerie circumstances. Thirty-three years to the day of Joe Theismann uh, having his leg injury as LT got him in Monday Night Football. The final score, the exact same, twenty-three twenty-one. Just uh, an eerie set of circumstances. So, Mark Sanchez hears uh, his phone call ring, and he gets a a chance to go there and be the backup to Colt McCoy. What do you think Colin Kaepernick's thinking when he sees garbage like Mark Sanchez getting phone calls? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's uh, uh, the, I forget who the coaches are. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, some of Sanchez's past coaches are working for Gruden in Washington now. So I guess there's sort of that, you know, the devil you know kind of thing when it comes to backup quarterbacks. But it's amazing to me. And, again, that comes back to the ownership situation a little bit. It's like if you uh, – you know, if you're serious about winning, you gotta you've got to press these guys a little bit, and you've got to get them more willing to take some chances because you know there's too many, you know, the Tom Savages and Mark Sanchez's of the league that makes uh you know how many games I think about the games you're going to see this week after the one we just saw Monday night and how disappointing it's going to feel. 
Yeah, you're right about that. Um, I, I just, I, I just go back to what we were just discussing with with the injuries, and do you find it interesting that Garoppolo for the 49ers went out on an injury under his own power? He did not get hit, and then we really haven't seen any real major injuries to quarterbacks until this far in the season. Uh, and Alex Smith. I can remember just in recent years where we might see three, four, five QBs on the shelf uh, by Game 7. So are the new rules working? Is that a way to to say they are working? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit it is working because obviously there's a you know, you. I, I mean, I know it was frustrating for people at the beginning of the season, especially you know fans of defensive football or or, or pass rushers themselves. But at the same time, you know, people don't. You know, that's why you buy tickets to the game is to see those guys. And I think some of it too is maybe just you know never discount the law of averages. We've had, you know, last year was a rough year for quarterbacks. You had you know, for instance, Aaron Rodgers was on the shelf most of the season, so you get. You know, it, it, it waxes and wanes a little bit with injuries to a certain position like that. So, Finally, last thing from me, I'll let Jim finish up with you as we're talking with Ryan Van Bibber. It is Thanksgiving week. We thought, talked about some of the Thanksgiving games. What do the Oakland Raiders uh, fans have to be thankful for here this week? <laughs> <laughs> the draft, I mean. You know, they've, got, they've got five first-round picks over the next two years. Just don't think about a... Just you know, try not to think about Gruden's track record, and, and when it comes to drafting players, especially quarterbacks, uh, you know, just enjoy the fact that you have those drafts. It's money in the bank right now. Just you know, don't worry about how it's going to get spent. <laughs> are you saying? Are you saying that there's a possibility he might take a quarterback and uh, and unload Derek Carr? <laughs> I think he's going to have to. I mean, I you know, he doesn't seem like he's got a very good relationship with Derek Carr, and he doesn't seem like he's got what it takes to kind of. You know uh, the guy's talented. He just, you know, he, it's a quarterback where you need you need some coaching, you need some development. You look at all the turnover he's had to deal with already in his young career. That's, you know, we've seen that time and again. That's never good for a young quarterback to have to learn a different offense every year in the league like that. And now you've got a situation where you know he's having to learn, a, uh, you know, a different offense, and now he's having to do it without, you know, without much offensive line help, so to speak. Of there's. You know, he doesn't really have anybody to throw to anymore. Not that Amari Cooper was really great in Oakland, but, you know, he's got no talent around him, and you need that for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback that, you know, had some early ups and now is kind of in a prolonged down, and you need that confidence builder. You need those tight ends that can catch the ball over the middle. You need that Anquan Bolden type player that, you know, is a reliable target in that short to medium range of the field where you can kind of continually keep the sticks moving and, and, and get your completion percentages up and build your confidence back. And, and I, you know, I, I hate to put too much weight on the psychological factors, but I think that's a real thing with quarterbacks. And, and, you know, you go back and you look at the, you look at the reactions those guys, especially Gruden and Carr had on the sidelines. That's just not, you know, that stuff to me does not, they can wave it off all they want, but it never bodes well for the future. Ryan Van Bibber. Hey, Ryan, as always, great catching up with you. Thank you so much, and have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. There's Ryan Van Bibber joining us. Jimmy B, look around the NFL. Herbert out of Oregon, if he doesn't come out, it looks like the quarterback of the future. Daniel Jones of Duke might be the first quarterback taken 
Mm-hmm. I don't think that excites the Raiders fans very much. I don't think so. No, it's <laughs> not like the QBs that came out this past season. No, you're right about that. All right, so here's the playoffs as they're currently constructed after we put a wrap on the week of the NFL. In the AFC, Chiefs the number one seed, the Steelers the two. Your matchups in the wild card round would be the Patriots hosting the Ravens, not bad. Chargers okay. heading to Houston to take on the Texans. I, I could get excited about that game. Yeah, yeah. Your matchup over in the NFC, Rams and Saints, of course, the top two seeds there with the buys. The Bears hosting the Vikings, a rematch there, and the Woo! Redskins hosting Carolina. A lot's going to change. I don't think we're going to see Washington there in the playoffs with the Alex Smith injury. Dallas, I think, will probably be the team that gets them there. Carolina feels like they should be better than 6-4. and four. I mentioned that earlier today. In fact, one of the few good Sunday matchups before we get Sunday night football and the Packers mm-hmm. and the Vikings. I'm looking forward to uh, that Carolina matchup and their game against Seattle. One of the few good games, I think, of the early window there Sunday. I'm with you on that, and I think you're right. I think Carolina had it going early, and now they have lost a couple of real close games. And they've kind of done it in unique fashion. Uh, Just like what we discussed yesterday about Cam Newton and the wide-open receiver in the end zone for the two-point conversion, and he airmailed it into about the third row. So it's it's I, I don't know what's happening right now with Carolina, but when be earlier they were hitting on all cylinders, and now they're just kind of uh, the spark plugs are rusty. They're going to have to change the spark plugs in the in the car someplace, Trent. That's it because they have they're, they're just misfiring uh, on a lot of really good opportunities and have not been able to uh, to connect. It's that simple. We'll get a break here when we come back on the other side. We'll get ready for this afternoon's matchup. Iowa State against Illinois on the backside of the bracket in Maui. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more taking you up until 2 o'clock today. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. Back with you one final time. Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 The Champ. All right, Jim, coming up this afternoon, we got basketball going on right now. Love the afternoon basketball. Love this time of year, Jim. We got football. We got rivalry week. We saw that incredible Monday night football game. NFL's getting hot and heavy. And then we got college basketball all during the day. What a time to be alive, Brinson. Oh, no, this is awesome. This is great. And I love the tournaments, whether if they're in Maui or the Paradise Jam in the Caribbean or in Vegas. It's because you see... Good teams playing against good teams. And it gives you a much better understanding of what your favorite team is all about. Win or lose is not really the the point here. I mean, obviously, if you're a fan of a team, you want them to win. But you get an opportunity to see some really good college basketball players not playing the Savannah States of the world. And... I, I I find it always so much more fun, Trent, uh, when you get these matchups. Look, I, I I thought Iowa's run in New York City was great. And now they're going to play Alabama State? Uh, I'm supposed to get excited after what I just witnessed and watched how well they played against two decent basketball teams? Um, so Iowa State gets beat by Arizona when they went cold in the second half behind the three-point arc. they got to figure that out. When when they're not scoring 
from the outside. They got to put the ball on the block to Jacobson and let him do his thing. Because even if he doesn't score, he'll get fouled and go to the free throw line. And they missed a couple of really good opportunities with that in last night's game. And I think also in Iowa State's game, you got to understand your best player's not on the court. Wigington's not on the court. And you're still missing two guys who will still get a lot of minutes in Young and Lard. So they are down three key players, yet they are still hanging around. And really, so from that aspect, yeah, go ahead. Well, four key players. Solomon Young's going to be out with an injury you know, until right. late December, early December. The suspensions with Lard and Tally, and of course, Wigington dealing with his injury. They're down four guys. Right. And yeah. important yeah. to bounce back here. They got to get a victory. You know, we talked about this before the tournament last week. You, you can't go there. You just can't afford an 0 and 3. You, you just can't. And right. Illinois, Trent right. Frazier last night. I stayed up late watching that one, Jimmy B, and I'm paying yep. the price for it today. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's uh, Trent Frazier is an incredible point guard. Wyler Babb's going to have his hands full with him. This isn't a big yep. Illinois team, and, and that's where the advantage certainly is now for Iowa State. Get the basketball inside. Let Jacobson do his thing. Get Tally on the block. Or Tally. Get, get Horton Tucker on the block Horton at different Tucker. times. Yep. Let, let him do his yep. thing and go from there. Little As we talked about earlier, a little bit too much hero ball for me last night. When Arizona made that run, they got Iowa State got the lead to 10. Arizona hit a couple of threes. You saw quick shots. You saw hero ball. That was a frustrating element. Got to get this one back, and then it'll be either Xavier or San Diego State is who they will see uh, regardless of what happens today in either the seventh-place game or the fifth-place game in Maui. And how about tonight, Jimmy B? Duke against Auburn, Arizona-Gonzaga. Yes. Should be a great yeah. night of basketball. Hey, speaking of hoops earlier today, so uh, – there, there's a tournament down in Florida, and it's a bunch of mid-majors down there. Uh-huh. Your boy Mike Dom for South Dakota State. Do you see what he did yeah. earlier today? I did not. What did he do? 41 points, 10 rebounds, <laughs> 4 assists. <laughs> he goes 14 to 25 from the floor. I had the yeah. stream up here this morning. He is so much fun to watch, and it, it was against Texas San Antonio. Look, you're not going to get overly excited about that. But I do like no, this, this still, little tournament yeah. down there. That, uh, yeah. that Florida Gulf Coast has been putting on the last couple of years. It's pretty much mm-hmm. all mid-majors that make their way down there, but good team, good mid-majors against other good mid-majors. A cool idea happening down there. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mike Dom, and I think that he's not going to be a, a, a number one pick, but he's going to be a first-rounder, and he is going to help some NBA team next season. Uh, he's a quality kid who has high basketball IQ and knows how to play. There's no question about his knowledge of the game. So he will make some NBA team extremely happy uh, for the next five to ten years once he enters the association. So, of course, we got that Iowa State happening at 4 o'clock today. I'll be out of G-Migs for that one, doing the show with Wolfgang from 4 until 5. we got the Hawkeye huddle. So looking for a spot. You're making it a five-day weekend and want to go out in style. Come out to G-Migs. We'll be out there. We'll be talking about the game and uh, certainly a lot of Hawkeye conversation with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. They'll be taking the airwaves from 5 until 6 o'clock. Tonight, Gonzaga, Arizona. That'll be the late game. Does Auburn, do they give Duke a game? I mean, yesterday we saw Duke again run San Diego State off the floor. Does Auburn have a chance to at least have this be a competitive game the way Duke's playing? 
I think so. I, I think Auburn's got enough talent to, to make it interesting. They're not going to win the game, and I think Duke will wear them down in the second half. But Auburn is talented. They, they've got some players, and I, I don't think that they will shy away. And the key now for Mike Krzyzewski is convincing all of his freshman stars that, man, you guys got a target on you. Everybody on the planet wants to beat you, and they're going to bring the best game they possibly can each and every night. So you're going to have to be ready to perform at your best each and every night. We'll see if the freshmen start to read their press clippings a little bit, and they might. I mean, look, we're all human here. If you know, if people are telling you you're the best that ever was, uh, that's going to register. But I think Auburn plays with them for a while, and then Duke will wear them down and eventually pull away. I think you're right there. I just want to see them be in a competitive ball game and, and see if I we know. can get something yeah. out of that. That's the hope for uh, at least this evening. A couple other decent games that are out there. Minnesota, they're playing tonight. Get a chance to look at the Gophers. They had a big win. They get Santa Clara in their second game. Nebraska-Texas Tech tonight. That one should be compelling. Uh-huh. Certainly looking yep. forward to that. That will be over on the news. How about Texas Tech yesterday? They were getting absolutely throttled. Earlier in their game against USC, they came roaring back and dominated the second half of that one. Two solid teams. I think two teams that expect to be NCAA tournament teams with the Cornhuskers and Red Raiders tonight. I'm with you on that. And that's why I say that's why I love these tournaments. Because it kind of gives you a little perspective into which teams you're going to see, not only late in the season, but come March as well. And I think you're correct on that. Nebraska and Texas Tech uh, will be in the dance. I, I agree 100%. And if you're Jones for some football this evening, there is action, yes. I don't think it'll yep. live up to what you saw last night with Monday Night Football, but <laughs> Northern Illinois against Western Michigan, that's the better of the two matchups. Both those teams look to be uh, destined for bowl destinations coming up this year. So that's what you have if you're looking for a little bit of football here tonight. As I mentioned, I'll be out at G-Mig. Stop on by. Have a cold one. It is steak night at G-Mig. Should be a great time out there. Woo! And we'll have the Hawkeye huddle from 5 until 6 o'clock. Jimmy B, I'm going to guess, uh, what, you're you're getting to the bar. you got to watch uh, the, the Cyclones here, an early start for you here this afternoon. Hey, listen, uh, you know, it's good to be me sometimes. You you get there, you settle in, you, you take that little donut pillow that, you know, is so popular for old people, and you put that on the bar stool, mm-hmm. and that way your backside is more than comfortable. What do you, are you saying you have hemorrhoids? I didn't say that, but uh, I see those people use those all the time. You are one of those people, Brinson. You are one of those people. <laughs> With that, we are out of here. Back at it tomorrow at 1. We got the drive from 4 until 6 today. Our final day of the week will make our picks. Jimmy B, another winning week. He continues to pile them on top of each other. And Jimmy B now is up to 37-22 and 22 against the spread on the year. Brinson, you are a money maker, at least as it pertains to that. Other things, not so much, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> We're out of here. Back at it at 4 o'clock. Enjoy your afternoon, everybody, on 1700 The Champ.